Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest iClarity episode. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. So before we get to today's show, I want to give you a way that you can send your questions to me through texting. The text number is 1-844-932-1291. That's 1-844-932-1291. So does anybody out there suffer from eye floaters? So in this telemedicine session, I bring it all to this patient and I don't hold back. These are things that can work really well for reducing floaters in the eye. So I hope you take notes. A lot of great content here. And thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. And what are your goals and objectives? Um, yeah, so uh, I'll give you a, a few minute overview, uh, and then we can kind of like go from there, depending on what where, where you want to where you want to take it and what sort of questions to ask. So, um, so okay. I I mainly set up this time to talk about uh, the uh, eye floaters that I've had for about six months or so now. Started earlier this year. Um, And uh, so I'll start with the intro there and then give a a little bit of history about uh, other medical history about me. And then we can kind of, you know, chat from that. So that's the main kind of thing that's really been bothering me for a while. And I've I've tried trying to uh, get rid of, but haven't been successful yet. Uh, I've got um, several kind of floaters in my left eye that appeared suddenly about six months ago um, and have been very, you know, bothersome since that time, especially because I'm a, I'm a software engineer. So I look at a screen all day, uh, and it's like very hard to read while things are, are flying around my, my vision. It's, it's especially in the center uh, of my, of my left eye, there are some dark, uh, uh, floaters that are, that are, like I said, are show up very clearly when I'm reading and are kind of like flying, you know, around okay. my, my vision. Um, I, okay. I saw a ophthalmologist several times over the uh, uh, earlier and after like month two and three three, uh, after they first appeared and, uh, he did extensive examinations, did like, uh, um, you know, looked in my eye himself, did the OCT, like digital scanning and, uh, didn't find anything. He said to me, he's like, looks great. Uh, um, he said, if you didn't tell me that you were seeing floaters, he's like, I tell you, your vision was perfect. He's like, you got 20, 20 vision. He doesn't see anything. Retina looks fine from everything that he could tell the eye health looked great. Um, which was, you know, not the, maybe somewhat encouraging that it wasn't a serious issue, but also didn't totally solve my problem because, uh, I clearly am still having a, you know, an issue. So, (laughs) excuse me. He also noted that, um, uh, he did not see, uh, PVD in either eye. So the, there's no kind of vitriol detachment, um, either the left or the right eye. Um, uh, and, um, 
that's kind of as much information that I got from him, from him. He told me okay. like, look, we could do a vitrectomy. He said, I do not recommend it because it's such an invasive procedure. Um, but he's like, other than that, there's basically nothing you can do than just live with it. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up here through the process of, of researching what other options I have in order to try and kind of work on resolving th th this, uh, this problem. Um, okay. uh, other uh, other than that, um, uh, well, maybe I'll take a break there, and and that's kind of like the main the main place to start. Okay, so nothing in the right eye, just the left eye is where you have the floaters. Yeah, that's right. Nothing nothing in the right eye, just the left. Uh, right eye is like totally clear. If I you know kind of cover this eye or, or or you know close it, I don't see anything in the right eye. The left eye, I've got two sort of loosely connected black spots that are almost in the center of my vision that are the by far the most troublesome as well as then a few other more strand like it uh um floaters also all on the left eye but especially like i said right near in the center um is, the, is what's really causing me the most trouble okay do you wear a prescription at all uh no okay and this has been this is came up over the last six months or year. That's right. About six, about six months. Okay. And have you tried anything alternatively to get rid of the floaters? Uh, somewhat uh, from what I was able to kind of find via, uh, you know, just researching any sort of natural remedies. I've been uh, uh, I, I did maybe a few of the more you know, straightforward things kind of early on, started drinking a lot more water. I got more kind of exercise, like cardio exercise more regularly, running a few times a week. And um, uh, also uh, made some some diet changes to try and have a more antioxidant uh, diet with fruits and vet green vegetables, that, that sort of thing. So I did that pretty early. Um, and also... Uh, have been taking a few other supplements, which I added in uh, to after uh, maybe the first month or so uh, as well. Uh, kind of like a general multi-day, uh, well, sorry, general like multivitamin, also flaxseed oil and a um, like a proprietary blend of eye uh, eye related supplements. Uh, I don't know if you heard of the brands called VitroCap is the name of it. Um, it's a, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, I've, are you familiar with it? Or I could tell you what, what's in it. Um, I am a little bit, tell, but tell me your experience with it. Has it done um, anything for you? No, it hasn't done anything for me. Um, uh, it kind of caught my attention because it's, you know, sort of marketed as being specifically for eye health and very specifically for floaters as well. Um, the fact that it got like vitamin C, lysine, zinc, grapeseed, um, and a few other items in there as well. Uh, I've been taking that up for about five months now and haven't noticed any, any change. Uh, so those are the main things okay. I tried. Actually, I should mention there's one other thing that I that I tried um, a little bit for a few weeks, where so a few um, uh, a few eye exercises to to do uh, on a, a daily. I'm gonna have maybe three, two or three times. It's three a times day. a day, yeah. Uh, two times a day. That was yeah. uh, 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 how would you describe it? With there are a few different. They were like, yeah, I mean, it was like uh, pressing on your eyes, like kind of like rubbing, using like exercises to kind of like uh, rotate your eyes from one space, from like one side to another, um, and then like and, and really just kind of like applying pressure and um, and Mas massage, massage yeah. yeah, eye massage type stuff like that. 
that what I don't know it was like two minutes a day for three times for two or three times a day about that yeah so I tried that for about a month or so and kind of kept up with it I also didn't see any improvement um uh, but that was another thing that I tried okay all right and how did you discover me um uh, I don't actually remember precisely how somewhere on the internet. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, um, so you have a pretty good understanding of what floaters are from this ophthalmologist. Did he give you a, an explanation or? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he did. I think I got a pretty good understanding. Uh, I think I have a pretty good understanding of what they are. I mean, in my case in particular, one thing that it's a little hard for me to be certain of is 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 what actually the floaters are and what's causing them because mm -hmm. he was able to confirm that I don't have a like a vitreal detachment, um, which as I understand, that's most common cause of floaters, especially in older uh, people um, as the, the vitreous detaches from the retina and it kind of breaks up a little bit and that's where floaters come from. So that's almost certainly not what I'm experiencing, given the fact that the ophthalmologist uh, in his examination said, well, it looks like both of the eyes from his, from the OCT scan. So it looks like both of the eyes, um, the, the, the vitreous is still attached, uh, sorry, attached to the back. So that leaves me with like a, a hit me and him, honestly, a little bit of uncertainty about precisely what I'm experiencing, given the fact that I'm younger, it's not from a detachment. It's not sort of like an obvious um, specific type of floater, like a Weiss ring or something like that. Um, so I generally am familiar with, 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 with floaters and the different types, but for my case in particular, because the, you know, the ophthalmologist couldn't directly see it in any particular way. Um, I can't say with total certainty what I'm experiencing. Well, and I think like another piece that's a little bit interesting is just like in the past several years, you've had a variety of ongoing health issues that, that and all on like the left side of your body too, that have kind of led to be, to, to being like, is this something that's tied to other issues or is it, is it all of a sudden eye floaters just popped up out of nowhere? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I can and, give you maybe a, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Give me, just give me a, uh, you know, a little macro picture of the health. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of uh, of an overview because I've had a sort of a strange recent medical history. Um, uh, right now, currently, other than the eye floaters, I wouldn't say I've got any specific medical issue that I'm con too concerned about. However, um, about four years ago, or, or three or and a half or so, in 2019, I got a I had a vasectomy, and had and the developed. Um, ongoing chronic testicular pain from that almost immediately. Uh, tried medication, okay. didn't help. Physical therapy didn't help. I ended up getting a vasectomy reversal a year later, or about a little over a year later. Um, and that resolved the, that chronic pain mostly, about 90% resolved um, from getting a, a, the reversal surgery. However, one of the reasons I mentioned that is because I ended up over the, between that times so over the last few years, I've had a few other um, medical issues come up that I previously had never experienced. So, um, you know, about six or so months after that surgery, I developed lower back pain. I saw a chiropractor for that for about six months and it's mostly resolved now. Um, then mm -hmm. shortly after that, I also developed neck tightness and neck pain. I had trouble turning my neck. Um, it was, it was very tight. Saw a physical therapist for that. Um, that was mostly, re mostly resolved within a couple months. Um, so for both my back and, and neck, I got a few sort of regular exercises that I do that have 
keep that have generally resolved it. Like I said, currently in this moment, I would tell you I, I feel fine. Um, uh, for in terms of like that, the any kind of chronic pain or or back or neck issues has seemed to most be resolved. However, it's been sort of like a strange last three or four years or so of like a few different things not technically related to each other um, necessarily, but they kind of come up in order, uh, which in some ways sort of like, as Jenny mentioned, feels like maybe there's something else going on. Okay. And uh, have you done any, all besides chiropractic, any alternative therapies, uh, either massage or acupuncture or you know, any, any herbs? Um, yeah. So, um, uh, in addition to the, the physical therapy and, and chiro, uh, chiropractic therapy that I had earlier for other things recently, actually just this week, um, for the first time, I did go to an acupuncture therapist that, that li- that's nearby here, um, specifically for this kind of eye issue, which I hadn't done before. Okay. Um, so I give, I'm starting to give that a try. I mean, like I said, I just went for the first time this week. So I don't know where that's going to go. Okay. Um, but it, yeah, I have, I have, started to explore that too. Okay. And tell me about your dental health. Uh, do you have any mercury amalgams? Have you had any root canals? Anything? Um, like that? Uh, no, not that I no, not that I know of. Um, I had, uh, um, I had well, wisdom, my wisdom teeth removed six or seven years ago or so. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a few fillings from when I was younger, but they're not metallic. Um, as far oh, okay. As mm-hmm. okay. All right. Well, let me give you kind of some some like direct possible ways for you to get rid of the floaters. Like these are really direct. And then I'll kind of step back and give you kind of a bigger picture of what the floaters could mean. And so, you know, you can plug in where you want to. The first thing I would say that the vitreous is made up of mostly collagen. And there's protein in the vitreous, it's a gel sac. And when we start developing floaters, there's a change in the integrity of the collagen where it either, the vitreous can shrink a little bit, it can get a little bigger, uh, but there's a problem with the hydration in the collagen material. And so the protein begins to harden and sometimes it breaks off. And that those are those specks that you see floating across your line of sight that there at some level, there's a, a collagen issue. And, you know, there are other factors like blue light exposure, uh, dry eye, And then you can even bring in things like uh, liver and gallbladder. You know, it's interesting when somebody has neck pain, that can be an issue with the gallbladder, like a stagnation of the gallbladder. And I bring that in because the liver produces something called bile and the gallbladder stores the bile. And we need bile to absorb many of the fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A and some of the other ones like lutein and zeaxanthin those are uh, antioxidants that are really great for the retina but um i would say that the number one thing to try would be my msm eye drops so msm is a sulfur molecule 
Sulfur is the third leading trace mineral that's found in our body. And the sulfur molecule is like sticky flypaper and it's a detoxification agent. So when you use the high percentage of MSM, it can get rid of floaters. And if you were to go on my web store and you looked at the 15% MSM in the customer reviews, you would see some people who have used the MSM and their floaters have gone away. Um, I wish I could guarantee it, but MSM is really helpful for the eyes because it's anti-inflammatory, it boosts the collagen, it um, moisturizes the eyes, and it can get rid of floaters. Now, the understanding about the 15% MSM is when you first put a drop in your eye, it's going to sting. And the stinging is actually a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But you have to see what your tolerance level is around, you know, putting the 15% in. But I would start maybe like twice a day, morning and evening. And um, that could reduce the floaters. So that, that would be my number one uh, thing for you. Since there isn't a lot of secondary things going on, you're not nearsighted, you haven't had other eye surgery, your dental health is good, um, you know, so it's, it's a very direct way to see if we can dissolve those protein particles, and mm -hmm. the MSM will flush it out of the eye. The second thing that can work really well, and this is based on research, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't, that they took a group of people with floaters and they fed them pineapple. Mm -hmm. And I have a high percentage of, of them, yeah, a high percentage of them reduced their floaters. So the key ingredient in it is bromelain. Bromelain. So you could either supplement with bromelain or you could start eating some pineapple if you wanted to do that. Um, but that has also helped some of my patients. Yeah, I'm interested to ask about that if you don't mind. Go ahead. Because I, I have, I have, um, uh, I have heard about that, but like was not able to find much information online about the kind of background from it. As a, in addition, except for like a, there's a single study from somewhere. I want to say South Korea. Yeah, it's not. It's um, not. You know. Yeah, exactly. But I, so I wanted you know, all that to say, I wanted to ask you to like directly about it of, of have you seen success with that in your practice and in kind of patients that you've seen, you know, enough to like, you obviously don't get me wrong. Like you said, you can't guarantee it, but like, I'm interested to know if you've actually seen any positive effect from that. I have seen positive effect and I've seen nothing change. Mm -hmm. um, the thing about the bromelain is that it's an anti-inflammatory agent and it uh it's actually they've used it in sports injuries um to help reduce inflammation they've also done that with msm mm -hmm. so um you know some of the things that bromelain uh has done is it reduces um let's see sinus issues uh osteoarthritis um inflammatory bowel, so digestive issues. And it's, you see, the, the research on it is very limited, and especially in the eye world. The worst thing that can happen is nothing. And, and that's, the, that's the thing about floaters. 
is that there can be a kind of an impatience and a frustration because it is irritating when you have these specks coming across your eyes. And so you would have to be the judge if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to do that. But certainly there's some really good health benefits of bromelain. Um, that, that is positive. Whether it's going to get rid of your floaters, I mean, it's a, it's a coin flip. I mean, you could start with the MSM. Um, and there's some other things that I can suggest. So I have a whole list of things that you can try because with my patients, one thing works, many things don't. Sometimes something works that I didn't think would work. So I'll go through the list and, you know, your question is a good one. Does bromelain, you know, what are the, what are the, you know, what's the track record? I have a very small you know, group of people might maybe put 50 people on it. And I would say 25 got better. So there was a 50% improvement. But, you know, MSM, there's about a 70% improvement. But there's that 30% where it doesn't work. So let me continue to go down the list. Uh, so then the next thing that you could consider would be to improve your lymph health. So the eye has a, a big lymph kind of presence, fluid circulates, you know, throughout the eye and the vitreous is a big body of, of fluid sac. And in terms of the eye exercises that I would do, I would probably do things that are more in the area of eye movement, eye body movement. So two of them that where you're moving the eye, which stimulates the lymph, the first one is really simple. You just cover an eye and you have your thumb out there and you pick an object, like I have my window here and I'm, I'm looking at my thumb, but my thumb is tracking the window. So I'm moving my eye by tracking the thumb and I'm moving it, you know, in a lot of areas of gaze. Just by moving the eye, you're gonna start to get better circulation in it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, course for your case it's the left eye but it's basically a thumb tracing exercise where you're picking an object you're looking at your thumb but your thumb is tracing and your eye is following your thumb so I would get into more kind of eye movement than you know what you're doing if it hasn't worked mm -hmm. another one that's that's good it's from the Bates method which is what we call long swings and that one is more of like a qigong exercise. So I'm moving my head, my eyes, and my body. So again, it's the movement that's going to flush the floaters out. Floaters uh, tend to exist where there's not enough fluid movement. There's a stagnation. If we bring in kind of acupuncture type lingo. Mm -hmm. So that would be another one that you could uh, consider uh, if that's, you know, if, if you feel that your lymph system is maybe a little sluggish, even things like jumping on a rebounder is really good for your eyes. Um, that's been shown to bring eye pressure down, to reduce floaters, to improve, you know, eyesight. So you could, you know, you could look at that one. Another one that's very good is red light therapy. So there was a study that was done at the University, University College of London where they took a group of people 
and they had eye degenerative conditions and they looked through uh well they actually looked at a red light six, 670 nanometers and they did this over a 12-week period they basically looked at the light one day a week in the morning and they found the the subjects had a 22 percent increase in their visual acuity by just looking at the red and what the red is doing is it's stimulating the mitochondria in the eye so the eye has one of the highest concentrations of mitochondria producing atp which flushes toxins out of the body so the red light increases the detoxification of um you know whatever is is uh, congested in the eye so that could be another possibility and you could either get some red glasses from a company in in england i'm going to be um releasing my red red therapy glasses in a few weeks so you could get those they're not expensive and you got to do the, the color in the morning it's about three minutes you just put the glasses on and you're looking through the red the red light and red light has been shown to reduce inflammation in the body there are people that get red light boxes um there's a company called red rush 360 which sells red light and near infrared uh, light it's great for inflammation uh, circulation so you know if that interests you light therapy uh, so then the next thing would be maybe talking to your acupuncturist and doing some kind of a liver cleanse since the liver meridian goes right to the eyes i've had people that have done you know liver cleanses or uh, intermittent fasting and you know when you start cleaning out the liver it's going to clear up your eyesight for sure so that would be another possibility so right there you've got you know a few things to do you know if you're on the screen all day i would consider maybe getting some kind of a blue protect either on the screen or mm -hmm. you could get a pair of blue protect glasses blue light at that nanometer range for 405 to 455 which is what's coming off our screens is like going you know for a um a tanning salon so it's basically going to dry out all your tissues and so um by protecting yourself from that blue light you know bombardment that could be another thing and then last and this would be I, we didn't really touch on this but if you have any dryness in your eyes uh i created an organic castor oil eye drop castor oil is great for the eyes and it's great for the tears um and again it's another one of those detoxifiers that can work um if you um you know if you want to try that I, I didn't really hear that you've got dry eye do your eyes ever get dry from all your maybe a little bit not? probably in, in days that i'm looking at a screen for longer than i than i should be i would not maybe normally have said it was an issue um but yeah. I know I think my eyes could probably be better uh, in that regard. Yeah, um, so, so now, the hydration eye drops for their castor oil based like directly into the eyes. I mean, I've heard about using yeah, castor so oil it, or like I, eyelashes. I made an eye them. drop. I made an eye drop. It's 100% certified organic and it's safe for the eye. And you just put a drop in because it's going to make things a little blurry momentarily. Mm -hmm. But there, there's a great study that ophthalmologists did with. Um, 
eyelid inflammation, which caused dry eye, mm -hmm. and they applied castor oil. And what the castor oil did is it replenished the part of the tears that keeps the, uh, the, the eyes from evaporating, the, the tears from evaporating. So the part of the tear that, that keeps our, our cornea wet is a lipid type of uh, situation. So the castor oil was used on patients with M meibomian gland dysfunction, and there was a significant reduction in dry eye by applying that castor oil eye drop because it replaced the, the lipid layer of the, the tears that people can't produce. Because part of the reason why we get some dryness is the, the tears evaporate too quickly. Mm -hmm. So if we're not blinking enough, or we're, again, we're on the screens all day, we're staring, there's a tendency for the, dries, the eyes to dry, and that's gonna set up a climate in the eyeball where you might get the floaters. Again, it's very important to keep the vitreous at a certain fluid liquid level. And when it starts to change that viscosity, collagen hardens up and some of those flakes break off and they float in that gel sac and that's exactly what you're experiencing now in the more extreme case the vitreous then detaches from the retina and that's the pvd that usually happens with people in their 50s and 60s so um you know you're kind of being proactive in hydrating the eyes more uh, especially during the day. Now, another thing you could look at would be getting some homeopathic eye drops. Mm -hmm. And these would be the two companies I use or the types. One is called Similiacin, readily available like at Whole Foods, or Optique. Um, that's another homeopathic. Either one, but those have, you know, things in it that will hydrate your eyes and it's not going to make your eyes drier and it doesn't have all the chemicals that like say visine or sustain or restasis has so um, the more you can hydrate your eyes i think that sets you up for being able to flush the floater floaters out of your left eye could um, i use those in a routine like along with like a few of your recommendations being eye drops if i'm using the msm could I also be able to use, say, the castor oil eye drops and these other you're mentioning, like at different times of, of day or? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you would use the MSM in the day mm -hmm. and you would use the castor oil in the evening. That I would see. be right. the, the ideal. And, you know, you could even throw in the similiacin or the homeopathic drops with the MSM. So like what you might consider. So this is the topical confrontation take the next month and say, okay, I'm going to commit on hydrating more. I'm going to use the MSM. I'm going to use the homeopathic or just to use the MSM, but try to get that in my eyes three or four times a day and see if I can get some traction and being able to get the floaters reduced. I think that combining with some eye movements and lymph situation and improving your liver gallbladder health I think those would be kind of the, the things I would see if you can get rid of. And then, you know, I don't know where you land with uh, trying to do red color therapy. Um, that's a little more esoteric, even though there's some good research about it. That could be another thing as well, because it's improving the energy centers in the eyes. And then, you know, the, I looked at that formula you're taking, and there's a lot of things missing in that. I see where they're trying to address 
the vitreous, but I actually think what would be better would be getting yourself an eye formula with vitamin A in it. And um, also you could do lutein and zeaxanthin and astaxanthin. Those are the carotenoids that are really um, important for retina health and also vitreous health, bilberry, taurine is an amino acid, you know, like my eye vitamin. If you're not getting relief in like a month, then I would say it's not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. um, I think you need to change the supplementation and just do it for three months. And, you know, adding those nutrients. Look, another thing that you could do would be, um, I don't know whether you do smoothie formulas, smoothies, you know, like for for example, I'm not talking about like carrot juice or, you know, like a, a sugary smoothie. I'm talking about, as an example, use a ginger root, turmeric root, a little kale, spinach, cucumber, celery, maybe a little lime, uh, maybe throw in a date. You could add some medicinal mushrooms. If you know about those, I can talk to you about those. Use a, a mushroom tea or a green tea as a base because it's cold where you are, so you want a warm drink. That has so many antioxidants and um, that'll cleanse your digestive system and give you a lot of you know, antioxidants. I do smoothies like that every day. And you know, things like cucumber and celery are great for the eyes in terms of alkalinizing. So another thing about floaters, they like to live in more acidic environments. And so, you know, adding in, in ginger and turmeric are also great for the eyes. And then you're adding your kale, spinach, some kind of green uh, vegetable. And I, you know, I would stay away from things like bananas and, um, you know, sugary things. So you need to watch your glycemic index, what sugars you're, I, sugars are really toxic for the eyes, no doubt. Unless you're doing like a really nice level 70 to 80% cacao, you could do a cacao drink. Um, you know, we're getting a little more, you know, into doing smoothies and things like that. And I would say getting a Vitamix would be the way to go. So you've got a three speed type of thing. But mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing is your your own gut health, your microbiome in the gut, how well you're digesting. And, um, you know, sometimes low back stuff can be related to digestive issues. Um, so you know, should you be doing some probiotics? Um, you know, those, those kinds of things. The gut health and the eye health are very connected, uh, mm. just so you know. And, um, you know, this is where you get into maybe a naturopath or a functional medicine person. Um, you know, have you been exposed to heavy metals or pesticides, agricultural, you know, things like Roundup and that kind of stuff can cause really weird things happen to happen with the eyes. So I'm just throwing out a lot of things that we've had to deal with in helping people get rid of floaters. Most of this may not relate to you. I mean, you're young, you're healthy, uh, but something is, is creating some kind of toxic load on the left eye and the left side. You know, if we look at it more psychologically, that's the feminine side, that's the right brain. So what's happening with the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of the brain? Uh, are you dominating more with the right eye and not using the left eye? Um, so, you know, you would know that more than I do.
if that's an issue. So I'm just throwing out a lot of things and see what sticks or lands. And if you have questions or we can go into more depth, uh, but these would be the ways to really de deeply confront the floaters. And there's a lot of ways to do it, but it's just what's the right formula for you is the question. Yeah, the, the all, I mean, all those sound like great, uh, great directions to explore and and try. I have a question about um, uh, about heavy metals and, and heavy metal detox. I saw that I, uh, I saw you had at least one blog post about this. Maybe there there's there's been more. Um, and I and I asked specifically about that because in the research I've done online about eye floaters, I've at least found several situations like anecdotal evidence of people saying like, Hey, I had eye floaters and it turned out to be a heavy metal toxicity issue. Um, how like my question about that is like, uh, under like what circumstances would you recommend I explore that Avenue? And like, how would I know if that was right for me or if there's, or, or if that's a, a road I should, I should go down. Cause it seems well, like I have a shot in the dark, but also I've got reason to believe it is a cause for, for some people. So what you could do, you could do the test yourself. You could order the kit. You could consider a hair mineral analysis. And what the hair mineral analysis will do is it will, when you cut the hair from your head uh, and you send it off to the lab, what it's going to do is give you a readout on different mineral ratios. And for example, there's a mineral ratio that will tell you how well your metabolizing your carbohydrates. There's another ratio that will tell you your adrenal health. There's another ratio that will tell you how well you're absorbing your proteins. There's another section that will show you, are you high in lead, mercury, um, arsenic, you know, those kinds of things. It'll look at trace minerals like chromium and selenium, which we need. Like, for example, glutathione is a very important master antioxidant for the eyes and the body. A lot of people that I treat, they're low in glutathione, they're low in magnesium, they're low in selenium. So these are important for the detoxification pathways. But you could order this test. I think the company is called Doctors Data. You could go online and Google, how can I get a home hair test? They'll send you a packet. You, They'll show you what kind of hair to cut, how much to cut, send it off. You know, it's about 65 to 70% accurate. It'll give you a kind of a bigger snapshot than say a blood test. That's gonna give you a 24 hour reading. And unless your, your heavy metals are completely off the charts, the blood test isn't gonna show it. The hair mineral analysis is more subtle. So it's gonna show imbalances. And what the hair analysis shows you is how you're adapting to external, uh, your external world. It's gonna show you your stress patterns. And I think that there's some value to that test. And you would get some information on the heavy metals that, you know, without going to somebody and there's more extensive tests like a urine test. Um, there's, you know, there, there are different blood tests that you could do, but this would be a nice screening that you could pay 45 bucks and you get the report and it'll, you know, give you a roadmap. And then based on that, you could do something as simple as say a milk thistle, uh, two week program, get yourself some milk thistle, um, herbs, and that's a great liver detoxification. Uh, golden seal would be another one you could do. So you'd have to look around and there's some herbal stores 
herbalists around there, they could help you with that. And just do something gentle, you know, something that will induce your liver getting rid of, you know, anything that or or anywhere in your body. Um, and you're right, there is a correlation between toxicity levels and eye health, specifically the floaters. So, you know, you're onto it. I think that that's certainly if you're curious about it, there's probably something there. That's where again, the lymph stimulation naturally moves out the toxicity. And I don't know about you, but you know, we sit so much. What I've started to do is I actually have a desk that I, you know, I can, I stand and I, and I move around a lot. So I'm not sitting anymore because the sitting is like death. You know, it's, you're not getting any limp function when you're just sitting all day. So yes. you need more movement. That's where you have the, these kinds of adjustable desks where you can stand or you sit on a physio ball. Like you need to get more movement in your body while you're staring at the screen, trying to, you know, get your work done. So that, that would be my suggestion for the heavy metal uh, exploration. But it's going to give you some good info on, you know, like your sugar levels. Like, are you really absorbing your carbs? What are the source of carbs you're, you're using? Um, are they, because even carbohydrates, if they're not complex carbohydrates, that can affect your eye circulation as well. So your glycemic uh, levels and your glucose levels can affect your your eye circulation yeah that's really helpful do you have any do you have any questions that i asked of you um no i'm interested well i'm interested in the liver piece you talked about a um what are you like a liver cleanse or intermittent fasting what yeah. is what does that look like um i'm just interested in the end okay. let's, let's go over both, both of those um so with intermittent fasting the theory is is that um let's say you eat dinner at six o'clock when you uh, stop eating for, say, a 12-hour cycle or a 14-hour cycle, it does a couple of really great things for your health. First of all, it stimulates the anti-aging part of the cells. So it reduces inflammation. It's a detoxification. So you're drinking water, but you're not eating anything. So the, the minimal would be, say, you eat at six o'clock, don't eat again until 8 a.m. Okay, mm. That would be kind of an easy way to get into it. And then maybe make it to 10 a.m. And then maybe make it to 12 noon. And that's a great way. If you go from like 6 p.m. to 12 noon the next day, that's pretty great in terms of resetting your cellular health and detoxing the body. It's great for restoring your glucose levels. It's great. You know, for you, you don't have to worry about you know weight loss it'll probably give you more energy it'll probably even improve your cognitive health more uh, so it's something that i i would definitely check into just that amount you know mm -hmm. just don't eat for 14 hours i would say the the sweet spot spot would be 12 to 18 hours so you could try that and if you get hungry and you want to eat then do um, I would hydrate. It's important to drink water if you, you want to. Um, and that would be a good start. And then once, once you get used to that, you could say do that two times a week or three times a week or on the weekend. Then you can do it multiple days. And then maybe you do a 24-hour intermittent. You know, you can kind of see what feels good. But it's very healthy 
to take a break from eating. And I'm just personally, a couple times a year, I do, you know, pretty deep cleanses where I might do a water fast for 48 hours or, a, you know, some kind of a intermittent fasting for at least 24 hours. And it's just a great reset. Uh, so that would be um, something to do. Now, in terms of the liver cleanse, again, you could start really simply with an herbal formula called milk thistle. You can get that online anywhere and you get it, you can get it in a liquid and you just follow the directions and it just becomes like another supplement. You can put it in water and you drink it and that will kind of cleanse the liver in a very gentle way. Um, since we're talking about the liver, I probably should bring this into it. And that is this, I talked about, I think maybe I talked about how the liver produces something called bile bile helps us absorb our fats and if there's some challenge in the liver and the gallbladder stores the bile if there's some challenge then all the eye nutrients we're getting they're not getting absorbed into the eyes and in the body so if there is a a challenge in the gallbladder or the liver then we recommend some bile salts as a gallbladder support so that you absorb your fat soluble vitamins like vitamin A, that's a big one, and your lutein and zeaxanthin. And I don't know that that's a problem for you. Maybe your acupuncturist, when he or she is reading your pulses, you could ask them, how's my gallbladder? How's my spleen? How's my kidney? Another thing that I didn't mention is sometimes floaters are caused by kidney cheese stagnation. So in the Western model, Kidneys, good, but it's when you you um, palpate the the pulses, the kidney meridian, if it's low, the kidney lung, that, because they go together, the kidney and the lungs, that could um, create um, a congestion in the eyes, which could lead to floaters. So again, doing some acupuncture, you think of acupuncture this way, it redistributes the energy along the meridian. And there are a lot of energy meridians that run from the eyes throughout the entire body, liver, gallbladder, spleen, large intestine, colon, a lot of connections there. So when the acupuncturist is placing the needles distally, they're not around the eyes, but just somewhere around the body, it opens up that meridian and it redistributes the energy. And so with floaters, there's a congestion of energy in the vitreous you're trying to, you know, redistribute that energy. That's where acupuncture can be valuable in that redistribution. The floaters start to go away. And so, you know, you could talk to your acupuncturist. I mean, it's, it's very well known that the liver rules the eyes in Chinese medicine. Every acupuncturist knows that. And when I studied Chinese medicine, I couldn't believe all the meridians that go to the eyes, like some affect cataracts, some affect dry eye. For example, if you've got eyelid issues, the upper lid is the spleen, the lower lid is the stomach. So if somebody has an eyelid issue, instead of treating it with steroids, I treat it with acupuncture where I improve the spleen function and the, um, the large intestine or the stomach, guess what? The lid issue goes away. It's amazing. Yeah. So that's all the connections going on and what the ophthalmologist is good at is he can zero in on the floaters, the vitreous, the retina, but he's not looking at the, the connections. 
And there's some huge connections with the eyes and the body. You know, and your thyroid health would be something else I would be curious about. Your adrenal health. Those things are also, if they're out of whack, just as an example, if your testosterone level is high or low, that can create dryness in the eyes, can create inflammation. Um, so, you know, with your surgery that you went through, you know, what's happening with your testosterone level right now? I'd be curious. There's a saliva test that you can do. Again, it's a kit that you can buy online and that can test your endocrine health. It's pretty accurate. So you could test your testosterone. You could test, you know, your cortical, uh, you know, your, your uh, cortisol and things like that. Uh, so that would be another thing that if you wanted to test your metabolic health, uh, you know, cause it sounds like you might need a little tune up and, um, you know, finding the right, if you could find a naturopath or, a, you know, somebody who's, uh, you know, like me, just kind of open-minded and say, okay, let me just do a few things. And we tweak it. Some of these people, they have their system and it's thousands of dollars. I don't recommend that you need to do that. But like either maybe this acupuncturist or somebody that can kind of read into your systemic metabolic health a little bit and tweak you with a few things. Another red flag is I would consider a full spectrum omega-3 with DHA and EPA instead of the flaxseed. Okay. It will give you a higher con concentration of omega-3, which the eye sorely needs. You know, the retina is about 50% fatty acids and omega-3 is really important. Where flax has some of that omega-3 and if you're vegan or vegetarian, okay, you know, you can't do fish, but either you could do my omega-3, which I test, which is really good, or Metagenics has a really good one as well. And you're looking to take about 2000 milligrams a day of the of a really good omega-3 and you're looking for that dha epa those are very important ingredients and your magnesium level you know are you uh, taking a magnesium supplement i would consider in the evening maybe doing that as well magnesium is so important for like 300 uh cellular functions and most of us are de deficient in magnesium. It's really important for your eyes. So for me, when I hear your story, I, I go, you know, there's some imbalances going on systemically that's triggering this. And um, so I think it's a combination of, okay, let me do the topical stuff, castor oil, MSM. And it's worth for you to try the 15% MSM and when it burns, just think of me saying, yeah, he said it was going to sting. And uh, that's good. <laughs> um, and just try it once a day, you know, see how it feels, see how, what's happening. And again, look at my patient or customer reviews. So you'll see some people say, yeah, this actually helped. I had a lady, it got rid of her floaters in like three days. Wow. And, you know, I can't guarantee that for you, but it's a good eye drop and it certainly won't hurt you. And uh, with your screen time that you're doing, you need some, you need more support than what you're giving yourself. 
Yeah, right. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, a, a, a quick question, and then can yeah. get to yours. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you mentioned as you, one of the things that, that I that I'm I interested in as you talk to some of the the lymph symptom. Uh, excuse me, lymph. I lost the word. Lymph <laughs> system support. Phew, that's hard to say. Uh, I mean, like eye body movements and some of the exercises you mentioned there, which sound sound great. Um, when I, reading about some some of that online. I've seen like some people recommend also including uh, like cold therapy. Some recommend warm therapy. I don't know if you have had any positive experience with either either one or if I also I'm thinking in, in along with say like uh, castor oil or the MSM drops or, or kind of any of the other um, that things that you had mentioned, if any kind of like temperature therapy is useful one way or another, or if it's not worth my time. <laughs> Well, I think the temperature therapy is awesome, especially uh, cold therapy. And I would point you to this uh, this guy. You may, you've probably heard of him. His name is uh, Wim Hof. Yes, W I M. And okay. so Wim Hof has a program where you co combine your breathing. It's a breathing practice, and you start with cold showers, and then mm -hmm. you start. Mm -hmm doing cold plunges. And the research is pretty definitive on the cold uh, temperature in improving your immune health, your cellular health. It's kind of similar to what happens with intermittent fasting. Mm. I mean, it reverses aging. Mm -hmm. And bringing in the breathing, um, you know, it's very important to do nose breathing because nose breathing increases something in the, in the blood called nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is a molecule that acts as a circulation improver, uh, vasodilator. And when you do nose breathing, it increases your nitric oxide quite a bit. In fact, in your sleep, if you think you're a mouth breather or you snore, you could either get some kind of a, a mouth guard. There's a company called SnoreRx where you could get an app and it'll actually at night it'll it'll measure how much snoring you do that's mouth breathing yeah and my wife is smiling because our our dentist recently recommended that we tape our mouths at night for exactly the reason you're mentioning for for mouth breathing <laughs> that's why she's um, so, so the the oxygenation one of the things also that with floaters is they tend to live in an anaerobic state you're not getting enough oxygen to to the eyes and so i you know there's a book called uh breath by um mm -hmm. uh, james uh i forget his name but anyways Nestor. it came out a couple of years well, Nestor, james mm -hmm. Nestor. yeah you might look at that book it's really good um and the the nose breathing for sleeping in fact what's interesting we do a eye exercise called palm hum or what we do is we have people rub their hands together, cup them over their eyes with their eyes closed, and they hum like this. And they do six or eight of those hums on the exhale. That is very relaxing for the eyes. But when I read Nestor's book, he said humming actually increases the nitric oxide like by 15x. Hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So just by humming you're getting more of that nitric oxide in your bloodstream and in your brain and 
you know, you can either go to a dentist. You, again, you could check out the Zap SnoreRx, and you could track it and see, okay, are you really snoring? What's the – but that also plays into the eye circulation from an oxygenation level. Yeah. And the more you can do nose breathing, you know, so you've got that, and then you got the Wim Hof system, which is also really good. And the cold therapy is excellent, but he has like a a, a specified protocol and schedule. So you kind of enter it, uh, you know, slowly. I've done that probably three or four times. I love the cold therapy. I mean, it's really good. Uh, so you just have to see, you know, you can't do everything, but just see where you plug in and, um, you know, the, the sleep. And the cold therapy again might be some things you want to yeah. consider. Yeah, caffeine. Did you want to ask? What I was what you... ask about you had it listed. Caffeine. So a little caffeine is fine. Um, I think that um, caffeine tends to dry things out, and so you need to be careful about you know uh, too much caffeine. I think green tea is actually really good for your eyes. There's been really good studies on that, so you could do some green tea. Um, you know as part of your, you know, the drinks that you're having. Mm -hmm. um, but it's fine to have a little caffeine. I, you know, I, I don't think you need to go like super strict here. I think you just need to do a few tweaks and you'll be fine, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't I, think you have to just do some my, full on with like a monk. My only other question is I need to understand how you make hot smoothies. So you may, because I- Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, here's how I do it. I, I, I brew up a green tea and it's, it's hot, it's hot tea. I add all my vegetables and then I add that hot tea to my, my Vitamix. Okay. And that's my bean. And then I, um, then it's a, it's a warm to hot drink because I'm using hot tea, but I'm using matcha tea, green tea, right. uh, mushroom tea. So it's hot. And then okay. I apply it, I add it to the Vitamix and that's how it's, it's a warm drink. I've never thought of a hot smoothie before. We got to yeah. try that. Yeah. Cause I don't like them in the winter because it's so cold. So that's cool to know. Okay. Yeah. We use a base of a, of a really nice tea. Like I used Jasmine this morning. Um, it's so good to do. It's great for your skin. It's great for your digestion. It's, you know, you're getting all these enzymes and antioxidants all at once. I mean, it's a no brainer. You can add a date if you want a little sweeter, a little cinnamon, if you want to do that. But really look at the, the rainbow vegetables and mm -hmm. celery, cucumber are really good with spinach, ginger root, turmeric root, just a little bit, and the citrus, you know, lemon, lime. You can even add the pith to mm -hmm. the lemon or the lime or the grapefruit. And oh. a, a nice hot tea, blueberries, you could add those, that'd be fine. And believe me, that'll that'll just set your day up really well. Okay. Take a look at medicinal mushrooms. You know, a good company okay. is um, Fungi Perfecti, and they have a lot of anti-cancer effects, um, you know, yeah. a lot of antioxidants, phytochemicals. Another company I like is Sun Potion. Uh, so um, start getting into medicinal mushrooms. We add those to the to the drinks. Add a little maca, a little ashwagandha. You know, good for immune system, good for, you know, and there you go, a little coconut, get a little coconut water or something like that.
Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.